When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to Young Bucks, your Pittsburgh Pirate Prospect Podcast of Choice here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stone, my co-host Jared Krugard. We did a lot of traveling this week. I went out to Arizona. Whenever I came back, he was out in Indianapolis covering Big Ten Media Day for Penn State coverage, and then he went and covered some Indianapolis Indians on top of that. Our ships just never crossed this week. So we're splitting it up. I'm taking the first segment. Jared's got an interview with Blind Madris for the meat and potatoes of this podcast, and then Jared's going to take you home throughout the rest. So I, th- I think this is our first solo where we've had to do this. We, we almost made it to August. I consider that a win in terms of like coordinating. But it's got to be me just to start, and I'm going to do a little more draft talk because he's officially signed. He's officially a Pirates prospect. He's officially the Pirates' top prospect. Number one draft pick, Henry Davis, is signed. He signed on Sunday. He's down in the Florida complex. He's ready to go. All the Pirates draft picks that they signed, whether it's Solomento, Chandler, Davis, all of the day three guys and the back end of the day two guys, they're all going to start off in Florida. That's fine. That's cool. I don't want Henry Davis to finish the year there, though. This is a selfish, and if there's been one theme from this podcast, I think people could pick up, is I like pushing these young players. I like the idea of them being pushed, being challenged, and especially in a situation like this, if you, if you struggle for a little bit, you struggle for a little bit, and nobody thinks twice. But for Henry Davis, I think it's important for him to start off the year in Bradenton. Or finish the year in Bradenton, not start off the year in Bradenton. He he needs to start off in the Florida complex like everyone else, let everyone get a get a peek at the guy. But have him finish off there. Let him get a couple real swings against low A pitching. And not just because, oh now you can put him in Greensboro early next year or anything like that. No, no, it's just just challenge the kid. I like the idea of that. And Ben Charrington was asked about that during the introduction of Henry Davis. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, as I said before, you know, I think we want to, with every player, but with Henry included, we'd want to first just get a sense of where they are. You know, like, let's get, keep getting to know each other, get back in the baseball routine, everyday routine, probably introduce some game activity, and then see where it goes. I think uh, my answer would be the same as it is for every player that um, we're interested in challenging players and uh, we want players to be challenged. And if we feel like there's an opportunity to challenge a player, including Henry or anyone else, um, we'll look for that opportunity. You know, we want guys to be challenged, not overwhelmed, but challenged. Um, 
and there's, there's certainly plenty of time this summer and the rest of the season, so we'll see where it goes. So, yeah, that's – he's right. He's right. They should challenge players whenever they feel like they can't be challenged. But I feel like Davis is kind of in that spot because he's been in college. I wouldn't be saying this if it was if they picked Marcelo Mayer. But since he's been in college and he's had, you know, regular bats this year against higher level competition, I'd like to see him get a couple swings at Loway in Bradenton. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't. I, I'm not going to say that. But you like to you like to think whenever you look at this Pirates roster. Pagero and Gonzalez's injuries, I, I kind of thought they had an outside chance at 2022 promotions. I would still say it's within the realm of possibility for maybe late September 2022. But they, they look like 2023 call-ups at this point, which is fine. Which is fine. Because you look at the other people who are going to be probably 2023 call-ups, and it's a lot of that Greensboro rotation. And not to mention basically everyone... Of note, in Altoona is also going to be up in the major leagues at that point. I view 2023 as the year the Pittsburgh Pirates finally show show some teeth. I'm not saying that they're a playoff team that year. I'm not even saying that they're going to be a winning ball club that year. But that's the year that if you kind of look at what the Detroit Tigers are doing now. Where the Tigers started off real slow. And yeah, they aren't playing in exactly the best division in baseball once you take away the White Sox. The Tigers are kind of sneaky good, though, to the point that those 2022 Tigers probably are going to be competing for a playoff spot, especially once the Cleveland, I guess we could say Guardians, Cleveland Guardians are probably going to drop off. I don't view the Royals as a real competitor. I don't view anyone besides the White Sox as a real competitor. Maybe the Twins, if they put it together, but they look like they're going to sell. So who knows what happens there? The Tigers are going to be good, and that's kind of where I view the Pirates right now. The Pirates are about a, two years behind the Tigers' rebuild at this point. Where 2023, the Pirates will show some teeth. 2024, they'll be good. I would like Henry Davis to be part of that show some teeth group. Even if it's just for you know a couple months at the end of the season. A couple weeks even at the end of the season. Going into 2024, Henry Davis, in a perfect world, is the starting catcher of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I don't think that's an unrealistic timeline. That gives him two whole years of development in the minor leagues, which as, you know, a fairly advanced college bat, that's within the realm of possibility. That's basically the trajectory that Nick Gonzalez is on, more or less. Gonzalez is a little bit odd of a case because he also went to the alternate site last year. But I think a Nick Gonzalez trajectory is fine for Henry Davis. And Gonzalez was challenged this year. They challenged him by putting him in Greensboro instead of starting him in Bradenton. Okay, now take that next step. I liked that. That worked out pretty well, I think. I mean, Gonzalez did have the injury. He missed a good chunk of time of this season. But he's hit the ball well. He's had good results. He's showed that he could hit the ball to all parts of the field. He he doesn't look overmatched. He's going to go to Altoona either at the very end of this season or at the start next year. And he's going to probably hit just as well. He's going to fit right in. Part of the reason why Gonzalez, I feel, did that, and what talking to him this past offseason, one of the 
ways that he thought he really did well was being involved at the alternate site. And there isn't that this year anymore. But I feel like going to Bradenton is the best equivalent to it. Where you are challenged whenever you are around people that you are no longer the best baseball player there. How many times has Henry Davis said that over the past, let's just say, two years? Or even just this past year. Number one overall draft pick, a consensus top five you know, talent overall. Henry Davis, basically every single time he stepped on a baseball field, was the best player on there. Once he goes to low A, that's not necessarily the case anymore. He can face someone, a, a hot shot pitcher, you know, for, for Baltimore or the Tigers or someone in that. Or just face some of those other guys who were top, top draft picks. Either this year or last. The Henry Davis pick, the immediate reaction for me, I was a little surprised that it wasn't a shortstop. But reflecting on it, it I mean, besides the obvious, the Pirates needed a catcher. Besides Andy Rodriguez in the system, they needed some depth there. They're just, it, it makes sense the more that you find out what the Pirates really liked about Henry Davis. And even though he doesn't have the receiving skills right now, he does have the pitch pitcher management ones that the Pirates... That was the main reason why they went to Jacob Stallings as the starter for 2020. They wanted to give him that because they figured he was going to get the most out of the pitchers. And if Henry Davis can do that on top of hitting, then yeah. Then yeah, he's... He makes sense as a 1-1 pick. He makes 1-1 sense as a 1-1 pick even without that context. This Pirates team has, has some more growing pains to go through. And they've got a lot of people in the upper levels of the system. Or, I guess, Altoona, Greensboro. Next year, they'll be in the upper levels of the system. I don't want Henry Davis to be too far behind. Because you look at Hayes, you look at Reynolds, you want those guys to have... A competitive young group around them. You don't want them to be, you know, two years remaining and the Pirates haven't done anything yet and it's, well, do we trade them for prospects and continue? That's how you start a cycle of being just perpetually one or two players away, just being on the precipice of something and, and nothing happens of it. That's what you have to avoid. Push Henry Davis a little bit. See if he can be part of that 2023-2024 group. I think that 2024 Pirates team is really going to be a contender. And I think Henry Davis can be a part of it. Getting him off on the right foot here, even if it's just for a couple games, a couple swings, would set a good message to the rest of the organization. That's going to be it for me this week. Jared Prugar's got you the rest of the way, starting off with this interview with Blimadris. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is one of your co-hosts, Jared Krugar, and this week I was able to take a trip to Indianapolis and I caught up with Bly Madris before a game against the Toledo Mudhens. Check out our conversation and what we had to talk about. All right, so first, a little offbeat here. How come you're not verified, man? Oh, I don't know. I tried, tried and tried. It's just a fun little game we play now, so it's just, it's just... Gotta get to the show, I guess. So it's it's kind of like a cult. It's, it's kind of like a cult following. It's just now. kind of like a just inside joke between the whole like baseball community, whether Altoona, whether it's Altoona or it's here. So it's funny. It's just kind of followed and we just kind of mess around, and play around with it. Now it's just fun now. No, and I think it's hilarious because like, I got to check too. So like, it, and I don't know how, but it's that to me is just super funny. Um, but. How has your game evolved since you've gotten to Triple A? Because you didn't start this year up here, right? No. You started in Altoona. Yeah, I went back to Altoona for a couple weeks. Um, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a weird first two weeks coming out of camp. Then just a lot of moves were made at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of our season, that selected my fate to go back to Altoona. But I didn't have a problem with it. They have a great staff down there, a great group of guys, great, good core. Great young core down there, so it was fun to work out with them and be around them and be around Miggy. So I didn't have a problem with it at all, but obviously tried to get here as fast as I could. So. No, and now you're here, and how has how has your game evolved since then? Um, just kind of just trying to grow up the game as much as I can and learn as much as I can from the older guys who've been in the show for a long time. We got a lot of guys here with a lot of time in the big leagues, so it's nice. Uh, learning from them and I don't know, teach myself to play the game in different ways and learning different approaches and different mindsets to think about in the box and I think it's really helped me um, coming into AAA. I think I've made some strides coming in. So. Now when you talk about those mindsets what does that include? Um, just like thinking different way and advantage counts and going into an at-bat um, with a lot of guys that are in a lot of VLO, so. Um, just thinking I need to catch the ball more out front or if I need to sit on a certain pitch and stuff like that, going in at bat, looking at percentages, looking at guys' numbers and what pitches they throw in certain counts and just kind of selling out to an idea, selling out to a plan, selling out to numbers and stuff like that. So Now, you're pretty familiar with this staff. Has that helped you in, in translating your game to the AAA level? Yeah, it's nice uh, being with Espo again. He's my first-year manager down in Morgantown, so... He's kind of seen me grow as a player, uh, seen him grow as a manager, and it's been really cool to be around him again, and uh, definitely nice seeing some familiar faces. Then being with uh, Hanny and Nuns uh, in 19, then me following them here has been a great, easy transition. So you know what you're going to get out of them every day. You're going to get their best. So uh, it's nice being around them, and it's just like just keep the ball rolling from 19 and. Uh, uh, just everything I felt in 19 bringing into this year. So. How does that familiarity help? Because when you're, you know, you don't really get that familiarity year from year to year, but this is an opportunity for you to kind of build on that and help that translate to your game. Just like it helps, makes it easier to talk to them and open up about what you're feeling and things you want to work on and how you want to grow. Then there's always that like that trust factor that you can trust them like hey man that doesn't feel good like whatever the change might be you're like all right let's go out let's go about it a different way and we know how to communicate with each other a lot more and I think that helps when you learn how to communicate with guys on different levels because not every guy learns the same so I think that's a big takeaway and what's been the best 
uh, thing about like nuns for me it's just like he knows how to um, just explain things in different ways and it, it helps and I think that's the biggest takeaway for me as a player it's just like hearing the same thing but in different forms you know what I mean so I think the whole coach staff does a great job with that now you're a step away from Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Does that weigh on your mind at all? Like, what is, when you think of that, does that does that impact your decisions or anything? Uh, I think it just motivates me on a daily basis. Like, I try to tell myself, this is kind of like the quote of the year for me. Like, hey, today's the day, like to go make an impact out here, which could impact decisions later on, like or later tonight. Who knows what could happen at the big league tonight? Who knows what could happen here tonight? You know what I mean? So I think I try to take that mindset every day. Say, so I tell myself, today's the day. Like, you can ask any of my teammates, my strength coach, I go up to him every day, I said, today's the day. So, uh, just, I think that's the mindset I just try to take every day. Now, so, how do you keep your game evolving so that you can get to that next level? Just, uh, honestly, I just try to stay consistent with what I'm working on and the routines I have. And I think I think what I'm doing is helping evolve my game every single day. And I think I've created some better habits that um, I think will carry me throughout this year and at the big league level. So I think that's like what I'm trying to form now is those good habits that I can take here and to the big leagues or wherever my career might go. So I think I've definitely made some building blocks that I can always go back to if I need to and some field points that I can always go back to if I ever start to struggle again, um, which will happen in this game, you know what I mean? So I just kind of set that foundation to where I can go back to what I'm doing right now to get me back on track for whatever comes, comes my way, you know? All right, so before I let you go, I talked to Mason Martin a couple weeks ago about how he feels about roller coasters um, in Altoona. What are your thoughts on the coaster? Do you, are you a fan? Obviously, oh, do you like man. getting into it? What have you? <laughs> that coaster is just its terrifying, <laughs> like just looking at it. I think it needs a paint job for sure. But, uh, I mean, we got to ride it a couple times when we were there, so it was a good time then. I mean, Mason Martin's destroying the roller coaster, tearing it down day by day over there. So it's fun to watch him go it, out and do his And thing. it's funny you mentioned him destroying it because he hates roller coasters. He's Does not, he? Yeah, he's not a roller coaster. I don't know that about him at all. Yeah. But, I mean, that kid's killing it down there. So I hope he continues to kill it. And I hope he breaks down the roller coaster by hitting balls out there. So. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for your time. No I really appreciate it. Best of luck. This is Jared Krugart, one of your co-hosts. As Alex mentioned in the first segment, we kind of rode solo this week for the first time all year, which is actually crazy when you consider how absurd our schedules have been with myself in the minor leagues, Alex in the major leagues, um, and, and not being in the same city. But, of course, Alex was in Arizona this week, as he had mentioned in the first segment. I took a trip to Indianapolis to see the AAA team. Now, of course... I was there for multiple reasons. Um, I was able to get to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which was a really cool experience uh, for a racing fan like myself. But I was also there for Big Ten Media Day, as I'll talk about in my We Are podcast that's going to come out tomorrow, um, uh, Sunday. But one of the focal points of me going to Indianapolis was to see what was there. Everywhere you look in the, in the organization, Bradenton's got Indy Rodriguez and Eli Wilson and and a couple other guys that are studs. Greensboro's loaded with talent from Carmen Majinski to, you know, Nick Gonzalez, the ever Piguero, 
And the curve or the curve, they've got Mason Martin. They've got um, Kanan Smith and Jigba. They've got Jiwon Bay. They've got a bunch of talent there. And obviously, uh, Rodolfo Castro now. Uh, O'Neal Cruz and Ronzi Contreras are still on the DL. But I wanted to get a better look at Indianapolis's roster and Indianapolis's coaching staff, which I'm very familiar with. Uh, and John Nunnally, the hitting coach and the pitching coach, Joel Hanrahan. Everybody knows Joel Hanrahan. And a little funny thing about um, Joel Hanrahan, my, um, I grew up watching, watching Hanrahan pitch. So, you know, when he was with the Pirates, you know, I was in college and, you know, really experiencing um, a lot of great things. And, and we have um, moved in my house, uh, my mother and I. Um, so, yes, the stereotype is true. Um, I am a podcaster that lives with his mother. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So we're moving and we see a Hanrahan hammer. Um, and I don't know if you've seen one of those before, but they were, they were a promotional item. Uh, the website that's listed is, isn't in existence anymore. So I talked to him before the game, and, and we talked about Mitch Keller and his progress, and, and that'll be our, our in-the-system feature this week. But I told him straight up, I said, listen, Joel, uh, as I was moving, I, I found this, and I showed him a picture on my phone of, of the hammer. And we had a great chuckle about it. It was it was uh, it was very funny. Um, just and he was like, I can't believe they they did something like that. But Hanrahan, I think, is, is an up and coming coach. I, I profiled him in 2019 uh, for DK Pittsburgh Sports um, when he was in Altoona, and a lot of these guys were in Altoona before. Obviously, it's kind of redundant, but they were in 2000. They were in Altoona in 2019. Um, obviously, Bly Madras, who joined us in the second segment, we greatly appreciate him coming on board for this. Um, but you know Chris Sharp, you have a lot of the a lot of those guys. Cole Tucker that that were in Altoona in 2019 or 2018, um, and yeah, is is any loaded with prospects? Absolutely not. I think the most intriguing guy there right now is you know is probably Mitch Keller and Mitch and it's only Mitch Keller because it's a reclamation project. He's trying to rebound it and get back to the Mitch Keller of old, and that's one of the things that we profiled. And then we talked about um, when I sat down uh, or, and talked to him before the game because, you know, he's got to get back to, to that mentality to get that confidence that he had when he was at Altoona and when he was in Indianapolis. So, I mean, that is one of those situations, too, um, that we were able to sit down and, and talk about. And I think it was a great conversation that we had that I'm excited to put into uh, words this week. Um, but, you know... It, for the for once in in the last few years, India is just not loaded with prospects, and that's okay. Um, and I think what you're going to see now with this influx of talent and the, and the lack of places for these players to go, you're going to see some roster purging here later in the season, if not right after the season. And you know, you look at the the Indianapolis roster: D. Strange Gordon, um, who's I mentioned this on Twitter, the fact that. His last name says Strange on on the Circle City jerseys, which I might add are one of the classic jerseys within the entire entire system. Very clean, very crisp look uh, for an alternate jersey. So I thought that summed up things pretty well. You know, you got Bly Madras, who's hitting um, in the third hole up there. Um, Alford is there. Hunter Owen, I was able to see him, um, you know, homer and and strike out three times. Um, Chris Sharp. And Ethan Paul, you know, it, it's it's a situation. But honestly, you know, you look at the pitching staff and you look at Keller, you look at Brault, who's there, 
on a rehab assignment. You, I mean, James Marvel, I think, is intriguing, but, you know, the clock's ticking there. Cody Ponce is Cody Ponce. Um, but outside of Tucker, or uh, not outside of Tucker, but outside of Keller, you know, the, the, the player that intrigues me the most is Fabricio Macias. And, and here's why. He's 23 years old. He started the season in Greensboro, and, and he just said, nope, not going to Altoona. I'm going straight to Indy. And he immediately gets on that roster, and he's their best player. He's their best hitter right now in Indy. So he goes from high A to triple A, where he's hitting in obviously only 12 games there, but he's hitting 310. He picked up right where he left off uh, in Greensboro, where he hit 316. Uh, on base percentage was 364, and his slugging percentage was uh, 497. So he's picking up right where he left off. He's a player to watch. I don't know necessarily where he's going to, to project as he moves up the ladder. He's still only 23 years old, 6 foot, 188 pounds. But Macias is, is a guy that, to me, is the next most intriguing guy. Once Keller gets back to the majors, I think that's going to happen here relatively shortly. Um, as long as he continues to trend upward in his, um, you know, in, in his building back up and, and getting to where he needs to be and getting to be the Mitch Keller of old that I saw light up Trenton in the Eastern League Championship game um, just a few short years ago. But, you know, it was a great trip. Victory Field, if you ever have a chance to go to Victory Field, excellent facility, excellent place to watch a baseball game. There isn't a bad um, view in sight. And you know what? In a couple years... Or even next year, I think Indianapolis is going to be loaded with talent. I do think that guys like O'Neill Cruz, you know, if he can come back from his injury, uh, I know that he's kind of been sidetracked and 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 the recovery process isn't as great as what you are isn't taking as uh, quickly as you would like. But you know, they're going to be they're going to be cautious, overly cautious with a guy like that. I think Contreras, if he comes back, he's going to make one or two starts in Altoona and end up in in, in Indianapolis. And the question of the day when I was up there, the, these guys, um, the, the Indy front office and the editing broadcasting group and PR group asked me why I didn't bring Mason Martin with me um, to uh, Indianapolis. And I said I offered to give him a ride, but, you know, obviously they want to get him some reps. And, and you know, it, it's, it's a situation for Ben Charrington and, and the Pirates you don't want to rush these guys. A lot of these guys did not have a – most, if not all, of these guys did not have a season last year. Some were at the alt site, which is great. But there's only so many things you can replicate at an alternate site that isn't – that is not a live game, right? You can only do so many live PPs, simulated games, things of that nature. But, you know, it's a situation now where, you know, we're just over halfway into the season. If this season starts beginning of April like typically – like it typically would – I think we do see a lot of guys starting to get that, that call up and a lot of those guys in the AAA roster that are kind of getting bumped out. And that's just kind of the war of attrition. Uh, and it's a numbers game now with, you know, the lack of a short season A-ball um, team, a rookie league team, and, and things like that. So I think I do think a lot of those guys would have been called up. I think it's still a very small sample size for this season. Uh, I mean, And you look at a guy like Macias who's played nearly every game this year between Greensboro and Indianapolis and he's got a he's got 213 at bats I mean they're they're wanting to get these guys 300 between 300 and 500 at bats uh, I know 500 at bats is a benchmark for O'Neill Cruz um, from what I've heard throughout the system um, so you know what I think it's a situation where I think towards the 
beginning middle of August. I know we're creeping up on that pretty closely. I think that's when we're going to start to see some roster moves. And, and right after the trade deadline, as maybe some guys get shipped out, shipped down, uh, shipped all over the place, I think that's when we're going to start to see um, see some changes throughout the system. I think some promotions can be underway. Uh, you would expect a guy like Mason Martin, who's just absolutely pounding the baseball, still um, you know, to get the call-up to AAA finally. Um, you know, TJ Rivera was at first base yesterday. Hunter Owen has played first base for Indianapolis. And by yesterday, I mean Thursday when I was in attendance. Um, I, I'm going to sit here and say, honestly, this is no disrespect to either of those two players. Mason Martin, hands down, is a better player than those two are at first base. Um, that's not me trying to be a fan. That's just me straight up from what I've seen out of everybody involved. Um, so I would expect Mason Martin to be one of the first to call it up, be called up soon. Unless, you know, maybe he's not ready. Uh, but... You know, statistically speaking and, and, and play-wise, it looks like he is more than ready. But, obviously, they don't pay myself or Alex to make those decisions. But, back to normal next week with Mr. Stumpf and I. Uh, you can find me on the We Are podcast uh, on Sundays. You can find Alex on the Pirates pod to be named later uh, in the middle of the week. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. And we will catch you next weekend on the Young Bucks podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Have a great weekend.